Special thanks to Finware Media for making this show possible. You're listening to The Future Is Now, the official podcast of Handelsdagarna 2020. In today's episode, the successful entrepreneur Petter Hedborg joins us in the studio. Petter, who during his studies founded the successful investor relations platform Introduce, is now running his second company, Modular Finance. Petter gives valuable insights into his journey as a young entrepreneur in the finance industry and how to grow a company without external capital. He is also a former alumni of SSC himself. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Okay, Petter Hedborg, welcome. First of all, thank you for joining us. We're very pleased to have you. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. So for our listeners that don't know you, who are Petter Hedborg? Um, I am 32 years old. Uh, I'm from Stockholm. Been living in Stockholm for basically all my life. Uh, I have uh, spent quite a lot of time uh, working uh, the, the last couple of years. I've founded two companies. First of all, I founded a company called Introduce uh, that <coughs> helped small listed companies to, to reach out to investors. So we did that actually while uh, we studied at Hanshögskolan. So uh, I heard about uh, Business Lab, SEC Business Lab, that's become quite big uh, the, the last couple of years. And that's what that was actually why I started studying at, at, at Handels, to, to being able to have some help, help to, 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 to start a company. So we founded that, uh, spent five years building that company, and then we, we uh, sold it. Uh, today it's owned by ABG Sundal Collier, a bank, a Nordic bank here in, in, in Sweden, in Norway. Uh, and six years ago we founded uh, the company that I work with now, Modular Finance. So, so the last couple of years for me has been quite focused on, on um, building companies. Yes. I, so I've read a bit about you, and I think uh, something very interesting is that both your companies have grown very organically yep. without much uh, external capital. And I want to speak a bit about that. Mm-hmm. But before we go into that, uh, I would like to talk a bit about Petter Hedborg before going into Handels. Yep. Uh, so who were you before then? Because I know you mentioned that you really did not want to go to SSE from yep. the beginning. Yeah. So can you tell me a bit about that? So I was uh, in, in high school, I was a pretty active uh, kid uh, I, I managed school quite well but but uh, results and grades and, and studying was not the the core for me I, I loved uh, partying and having fun and, and spending quite some time in the the later high school years with with uh, looking into the stock market uh, I've, I've never been a trader but I've always seen myself as an investor so so I spent a lot of time researching companies, understanding business models, and, and so on. Um, I'm also a, a pike fishing nerd, so I have spent a lot of time into that. So that's uh, something that that's always uh, a part of me. Is when I found find something that I really like, I, I get uh, almost obsessed by by trying to to be really, really good at it. So, so um, before Handels, I, I, I was active, but uh, I did my, my studied studies in, in a manner that, that I could just manage them, so to say. So both my dad and my big brother uh, went to Handels. So I was a little bit 
rebel uh, in, in that sense that I didn't want to go in their footsteps. I want to do my own thing. But then I, as I mentioned, I found the, the stock market and I found uh, analyzing companies extremely interesting and rewarding. So I felt that I need to understand what I'm doing here. Uh, and that's why I started uh, at Handelsvik Skolan to, to get a solid base in, in knowledge-wise uh, in that. And then, so you, you come into SSE and then you spend about, because you started in 2007, right? Yes, Something that's like that. right. And then you spend a year at SSE and then by the summer 2008, you and fellow classmate Mons Flugberg start introduce. Exactly. I actually started working from the first day when I started studying because I felt that only studying will make me unhappy. I need something more. Uh, so I worked uh, at uh, Bushveckan, uh, now owned by Avanza, uh, helped the the guys there to to build models for for analyzing listed companies and it was in that work I understood that some services and products was missing in that market. Okay. Cuz I'm thinking you and you and Mons you're about you're in your early yeah, 20s somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and you decided to start a company in the finance industry. How did you guys decide to go for it? Was it a <coughs> tough uh, decision? Did you ever doubt about it or <coughs> we uh, we um, I doubted a lot because uh, we started the company the summer uh, 2008. Yeah. Uh, so when when we sit here and and we know what what happened in October November uh, 2008, we we know that the financial crisis hit pretty hard. So so we were in the beginning of starting a company when when Lehman crashed. Uh, so so that was a pretty tough start, but it was also a pretty good start for us because we. We didn't have any, have any <clears throat> money at all. Uh, in that time, uh, funding and, and, and startup uh, hype was was not there. So so it wasn't even something that we thought about. We're going to raise a couple of million to, to create this product. We had 15,000 kroners each uh, and we put them together. So we had 30,000. And from that, we, via a friend of mine, built the first version of Introduce. So I think... If we hadn't started in the middle of a financial crisis, someone would have done it better than us because uh, we we were on a, a marathon run and not on a sprint. So so uh, we, we we needed that time, actually. Okay. And then, so uh, how, how did you land your first client? What, what happened? We spent the first four or six months uh, to, to try to create the platform, uh, speaking with clients at the same time. Uh, that's the way Mons and I have always done business. We create an embryo, uh, today often called an MVP, Minimum Viable Product, uh, that, that looks like a prog- product, but it's not a product yet. <laughs> and then you go out to the market and show it, and you're really proud and you really sell it and, and, and so on. So you try to get customers before you have a product, basically. Um, the thing was that we were two 20-year-olds uh, having no idea how to do anything of what we were doing, and we were in the middle of a financial crisis. So if I remember correctly, we did get one first customer. Um, I think it was Paradox, and not Paradox Interactive, uh, but another Paradox that was a list company, also computer games. Uh, they they had the license for Conan the Barbarian. Uh, so they said, uh, let's go. Uh, we, we are your first customer. Uh, but we 
we realized that we couldn't launch a platform with one customer. We needed basically 20 or 30 or 40 customers to go live. So that first customer uh, think never went live. <laughs> so what we did was uh, in the beginning of 2009, uh, we formed a partnership with a small bank uh, and we were able to upsell their customer base. So, so our first customer was actually 30 customers that we managed to, to, um, to, to get going from the start. And then we launched the platform introduced in, uh, I think, the beginning of 2009, if it was March or something. I don't, don't remember, actually. Okay. Yeah. So this is your second or third year at SSE? Uh, it must have been, yeah, one and a half years in or something. Actually, it's it's fun when when you when you ask the question about time because first of all, I'm super bad at if someone asks me what when did you do this and I can say 2010 and it was 2004. Uh, so I don't remember that much. Okay. And and also uh, that period was a little bit of a blur because we worked. 110% with introduce and at the same time we studied studied full pace. So the last year we actually went down and did our so we we only I say only because I think it's a lot have a bachelor uh, but our third year we split up in two years. So we did the oh, okay. three year bachelor in in four years and that was Maybe my best decision uh, ever, because we had a little bit too much to do there. A period by when we when we were running introduce and, and studied full time at the same time, it was a little bit much. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you that. Yeah. It's very interesting. Would you, if you could go back, or if you look back at the time, I know there's a bunch of aspiring entrepreneurs mm. at mm. SSE today. Is that something you would you would recommend? To Absolutely. Start, start your company. Go okay. go and do it. Uh, if 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 it takes off. Just stop studying and and, and take that later. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm joking a little bit because I'm super proud and I'm super happy that I have my degree. Uh, it's maybe the thing that I'm the most proud about, even though I will never use it. I will, I hope, never go to a job <laughs> interview uh, ever. And I've basically never done it, uh, but, but it feels good. I got a pretty solid base of knowledge and it's actually the things that I laughed a little bit about and I, that I thought I would never use that I've used the most. Uh, for example, in like management and marketing classes, we talk a lot about pricing models, simple models, value-based pricing or cost-based pricing and, and all that. And it's it's actually those things that I've, I've used quite a lot because that's like practical real knowledge. The Poisson distribution in the statistics, that's, that's it felt super cool to learn it but uh, i will probably never use it and also the management uh, courses where, where you sat and, and you were a little bit cocky young kid that said what's what's company culture just just uh, reach for profitability and and build a great company but but what i've understood now when i've been running uh, my own companies in, in plural uh, for 11 years is that building your team and understanding the people in in the company is is crucial to to make it work. So so listen listen to and spend some time on also those little bit more abstract courses. Uh, I would say that's that's uh, advice. And then if we talk about you mentioned company culture, how do you do you have any uh, any tips? How do you go about creating a good um, culture there? Communication and uh, clarity and 
honesty. I try to, for example, if we take a job interview, uh, in, in, in many companies I have understood from interviewing maybe two, three, four hundred people that, that a lot of other, other companies try to make it as some kind of ritual, that it should be this way and the, the potential employee should be frightened and you should try to intimidate them. And I, I, I've never understood that. I, I want to, when, when we're speaking to a, a guy or a girl who, who is looking to, to come on to modular finance, for example, I want to sit there and, and have an open discussion. Is this the right choice for you? Is this the right choice for, for us? Because if I try to sell, if I try to oversell what we can offer at Modular Finance, that specific person will, will understand in one or two or six months that I was practically lying or overselling. And that's a bigger problem for me than not to sign that employee in, in the first time. So, so I would say everything with people has to do with, with trying to, to have the energy so to, to have frank and open discussions. Honesty, yeah, yeah uh, I like that. And, and then if we just go back to the, to the SSC time just for a little bit, because uh, you mentioned that you were in the business lab. Yep. How did that help you? With, so what do you think the main difference would be if you guys were outside the business lab or inside the business lab? Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty simple question to, to answer, actually, because I think and so on. Or so just trying to be there uh, and trying to show them that you care that and, is, and try to be as honest as It's good, as but it's not the thing that I value a lot. Yeah. So, so I th I'd say what it helped me with is to dare to start the company, that there existed a place where it was okay not to aspire to be a banker or a management consultant uh, or something like that. So, so is 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 most of all the the space <laughs> that you had somewhere to sit, and then someone told you by creating this place called SSE Business Lab that it is okay to start a company. Because now I feel a little bit old when I when I say this, but it was a different time in two thousand and eight. Now it maybe is even cooler to be a startup guy than being a banker or a consultant. But that was not the case in 2008. Creditor or Klarna now, uh, they were just starting. They had the same offices as one or two years in advance. And, and everyone thought they were a boring uh, invoice company. And it was not cool at all. Uh, so... so, so it's quite the big difference uh, that that's happened now in, in the last, last 10 years. And, and maybe it's gone a little bit too far. That might lead us into um, starting starting a company without that much venture capital. Mm. So you started your first company in 2007, 2008, where you said there was not that much capital around. Uh, the financial crisis was happening. Yep. Uh, and then you saw that in 2013, yep. right? Um, and then starting up your next company in, in about a year after. Exactly. We actually like sold, I think, 2012, and then we had lock-up one year. Uh, and then we spent the whole year 2013 figuring out what we wanted to do. And that should have been a fantastic time, because we didn't have a, a daily schedule. Uh, we did a, a, not a fantastic, but a good exit. So we had all the money that we needed to, to, to stay floating. 
But for me, that was a, a bad, bad time because uh, I didn't know what I was going to spend my days doing. And that was uh, that was not fun. Yeah, not that surprising for someone who's been studying and running companies exactly. at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I'm thinking, so the second time around you and because Mons was with you. The second yes, time too, we've right? been we've been a team since 2008. That's right. And then now the startup industry, or if you could call it an industry, the the, the startup phenomena is starting to grow in Sweden mm. a little bit. And uh, it's a lot more popular taking venture capital early. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you've been in both waves, kind of. Yep. And you still, I, I know you took in, I think, was it 2 million? Yeah, for modular finance, yeah. 2 million SEC. Um, yeah. You have to say SEC, because... Dollars, but yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but it's it's still not. I mean, it's not. Uh, it's not void. No, it's, uh, no. It's it's clear that the theme has been to grow organically. Yeah, uh, which you've managed to do very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so, is it a strategy or coincidence? What What's your take on? It's it's a strategy. It's a clear strategy. We we are uh, both Mons and I. We're we were like investors before we were entrepreneurs. So we uh, if people <laughs> think it's a little, dollar. even if it was two million <laughs> between your potential uh, reward and what risk you're willing to take. And we like small niche businesses with high margins. That's what we are good at, and that's what we think it's fun to do. And if you should start that kind of business, uh, it's not about uh, huge sums of, of uh, venture capital. Uh, it has to do with creating the, the best possible business model from day one to really struggle with your pricing, to really struggle with creating a product with, with small limited resources and, and stuff like that. And I think that's an important distinction because Voy, as you took yourself for an example, I'm not a military against venture capital. I really understand the model and it works for the investors. And in some cases, uh, or in a lot of cases, it makes sense. So Voy is a perfect example where it makes sense to take in a lot of money. Uh, now everything moves so quickly because so so people, including myself, raise their eyebrows anyway. That a company founded less than one year ago has uh, has raised like what is it two billion sek or, or yeah, something. But but that's that's a market where it makes sense. They have to buy hardware. Uh, we build software. Uh, they have a first mover advantage in in a huge market, all all of Europe. Um, and they need to build a customer base quickly that really loves their product. So the problem is not the voice, but the companies that think they are a voice, but they're not. <laughs> so they, they build some idea around creating uh, a products that kind of take over the world, but, but it's not that type of product. And they, they fool uh, sometimes a little bit stupid and, and uh, uh, ambitious investors to, to invest a lot of capital in. And that's what I have problems with, that a lot of companies that should not be VC-funded strive for that. How do you think uh, someone who's starting up a company, how, how does one decide whether or not this is a model that should go the VC way or something that should go more vertical, if you, if you want to call it that? In today's uh, market, it's like cool to raise a lot of money. So if you meet a lot of entrepreneurs, you ask them, how's it going? 
yeah, yeah, it's going good. We're 40 now and we've re- raised uh, 50 million sek. So the thing is, that was not the question. I was asking, how is it going? Are you profitable? Do you have a lot of com- uh, customers? Are you on plan? Are you growing quickly? That's what 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 yeah. uh, success is for for me at least. So I would say, raise money if you really, really, really have to. All the people studying at Handels are are really clever people. A lot clever, more clever than than me. Uh, I I I, had, I was lucky that I got in. Uh, but but just. S- Stop a little bit and think, is is this, this money really, really needed? So it should be seen as something that, that you only do if you really, really have to and not something you do because you can or because it's it's cool. Uh, so you have to look at the market characteristics, but, but easy rules are like if you should do a domestic business or a Nordic business, if it's not a huge product or target asset market for that product, Probably you wouldn't have to take it in a lot of cash. Uh, try to build it from scratch instead. Because the the upside with with not having the f- cash around to spend is then you have to think. Then you have to be be, be smart. It's the it's the same way if you're you're out in the woods and you have a, a box of matches with only three matches left. You will have to think. Okay, I I create a fire here that I can keep. Uh, um, burning for a couple of days, and then I, uh, when I go and fetch uh, some or f- catch some fish, I will have to do this and that. So, so then I have to start thinking. If you had all box full of matches, you would just keep going. And it's the same thing with money. If you, if you have the money, you will not be forced to create the best ideas. I think. And I think both your companies, uh, so both introduce and then modular finance, they're quite niched markets. Yeah, super niched, in. yeah. Uh, and then uh, I heard in, in the in the podcast episode from uh, Phil O'Kill, you were talking about that you and Mons came up with something like 40 business ideas mm. before deciding to go yeah. with modular finance. Yeah. Uh, and that got me quite interested. Do, do you have, um, do you guys have some kind of model for generating ideas? No, or no, no. It's just brainstorming? It's and just wine brainstorming. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just brainstorming. The thing is that I'm, I'm obsessed with uh, with knowing everything about uh, as many business models and as many markets as possible, and that's once again from being an investor. Because because we when we ran introduce, we had a lot of investor presentations. So sometimes I, I was sitting and listening, super interested about the Polish uh, plastic market, but I would never invest into the Polish plastic market. But maybe I invested into a company. Uh, that sold uh, refined uh, plastic products for the medtech industry. And if I understand something that happened in the Polish uh, markets a couple of steps down, maybe I could have, have some knowledge that would create the price structure for their, uh, the, the goods that they have to buy to, to create their products. You get a point. If, if you, the more you know, the better. So, so as of today, when I, when I see a company name that I've never heard of, the first thing I do is going into alabolag.se and look at the the, uh, the numbers and who's in the board and, and try to, to understand anything. So we had a lot of ideas laying around, but the thing is ideas are worth nothing 
if you don't have the heart to uh, make them happen. So that was what we were doing on, in 2013. I think we have a list, the list, we still have the list. It's a lot of great ideas and a lot of those ideas have actually become companies now. Uh, someone else uh, have, have done them. And that's fine because it's not about the idea, it's about doing it. And to do it, you have to love it. Uh, it's much better to do to to go through with a shit idea uh, that you love than to go through with a fantastic idea and theory that you that you hate. Yeah, so maybe passion should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion should passion should be uh, everything. Yeah. 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 Then. Um... So do you, do you remember any any ideas that you had? That yeah, we actually today, had. That's uh, that's also a couple of guys from SSC, uh, Selpi, that you might yeah, yeah. know about. Yeah. Uh, we had the terrible, terrible name Blockify. Okay. And we wouldn't, wanted to do an add-on to Blockit for the ones that, that uh, realized that they wouldn't have the time or, or maybe being able to sell those products on, on Blockit. So we would do some kind of... of <coughs> Uh, plugin or add-on for for Blockit that you could just push that button and send all the products to us and we would sell it for you. So that that's basically what what Selby did, and they sold to to H and M now. So that's that's fantastic. We also looked into the credit market for uh, smaller businesses. So what uh, the Lendos and the Advisas and the Smartas did for consumer consumer credits. Uh, we looked into doing for for businesses, and that's also popping up uh, now quite a bit. Lando is doing it, and Visa is doing it, and, and uh, a lot of guys are are doing it. Uh, super happy that we didn't do it because I don't like that at all. I don't like the concept. I understand it. I understand that I should probably have have had a lot more depth in my investing uh, the last couple of years. It would have been fantastic, but I just I just don't like it. So. It- just what you mentioned, you months you've been a team mm. since since two thousand. Yeah, uh, it's been quite it's more than ten years. Yep. and you met your first year at Handels. Yep. we actually there. met before in a in a forum for stock nerds. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So you shared a passion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? That I mean, that's uh, not that common, I'd say, uh, to have a business partner that you're running with for that long. No, we're especially in two companies. Yeah, we're super privileged, and I think our secret sauce has been that. We are two really different individuals. I am super irrational in the sense that when I have an idea, I just want to run for it. I just want to go for it. I have new ideas every 10 minutes, it feels like sometimes. And when I'm on my high, I, uh, I think I do quite a lot of good things. And when it's going against me, I'm super angry. Uh, and Mons is, he's a balanced, super solid guy uh, that also uh, helps the company to realize all the ideas that that I come up with because I'm I'm a little bit impatient so so I get an idea I really want to do it and then I find something that's that's even more fun to do and Mons is the one he's just he's just making them happen and he's also been fantastic in all the administrative structures, in in uh, being stable when when it's been tough and and all that. So so we're 
we really we have our sides, and together they're they're they've become uh, pretty strong. Uh, and we will also we have also we talk every day, and we have talked every day for eleven, twenty years. The 12 years so so the thing is that we've also tried to kept our like private lives a little bit separate because uh, a lot of business partners are close friends and that could work i've seen a lot of cases where it works and it's probably a lot of fun and most and i are really good friends as well but we came from the business side so it started with that and then we tried to to keep when we when we go from work we 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 ended there a little bit because uh, because it's so intense and so much uh, interaction anyway. So so that's been the recipe for us. So no Christmas vacations. For no us. Christmas so, vacations yeah. together. No no no. no. <laughs> yeah, nice. Was this was this clear from the beginning or, ah, or were you just I think good friends I, I, that you believe in each other? Or? I think yeah, I think it's uh, it's been something that we both felt and wanted equally. So so. We've probably never even talked about it. Uh, it's it's just uh, natural, and we basically never fight. We we can fight for like half an hour when when he thinks something and I think something else, and then we fight it out a little bit. But we've basically never been angry with each other longer than one day. Uh, so yeah, it works fine. Yeah. Okay, Peter. So I know you've mentioned uh, customer support as a uh, as a fundamental for for a great business. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah, I think uh, especially in B two C business to I know. Uh, sorry, especially in B two B in business to business, uh, uh, a lot of guys don't think that customer support is essential because business customers are used to uh, response times of one day, two days, or a couple of hours. And the thing is, if you go into a business-to-business market with a business-to-consumer mindset, and then we know that business-to-consumer customer support is not always good enough either, uh, looking at the big banks, the insurance companies, the telecom providers. That's something I've been thinking a lot about. Why, Why not just start a telecom provider that's maybe a little bit more expensive than the others, but just say that you will never have to wait more than one or two minutes before getting an, an, a response. Same time with your broadband at home. Who wouldn't pay 50 kroners more a month knowing that someone would fix it right away when it's broken? So, so I think that's a, a, one of the keys. If you want to, to create a new business, you can just take something that already exists. Don't change anything but just handle customer support as if your life was on the line. At Modular Finance, we have a goal to to answer every customer within three minutes, regardless of the question. And sometimes you can't answer. Sometimes you have to go and dig a little bit and and find the answer. But then you just say so. Answer with an email and say, we're going to look into this. I'm getting back to you in blah, blah, blah. So, So... don't take customer service for for granted because it's uh, it's a key to success in business. Yeah, that's quite an ambitious uh, goal. Do you have a department of customer service people? No, we have a lot of or? a lot of good people, and if, On their if, feet, if, if they <laughs> if they don't have the time, I'm I'm gonna do it myself. Okay. No, but of course, uh, it's it's not three minutes within the night. We have one product that where they can actually ex- expect that in the middle of the night as well. 
uh, it's a service for for sending out press releases for for listed companies. So if if, if they need help, they will get it. Uh, but but it's more uh, it, it's more in the sense of of, uh, of ambition uh, that that you should strive for for being the best possible uh, vendor of, of of that product because you have to you have to really respect your customers and don't take them for granted they are they're the ones that that make your company uh, possible so so don't take them for granted fine yeah so i think to to round up uh, i know there's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs at ssc yep. and do you have like if you have uh, do you have some advice for people that that wants to go for it but maybe don't have that clear idea yep. uh, about what they want to do maybe maybe they haven't uh, figured out their strengths yep. yet yeah yeah um, first of all don't be like stressed. You have a lot of time. We have a couple of fantastic entrepreneurs in Sweden that started their entrepreneurship uh, or the entrepreneurial journey when they were in their late 40s or early 50s. So, so it's no stress. Uh, if you want to go out, start working for a couple of years and, and building some knowledge, it's perfectly fine. Um, the second advice is it's not about the idea. The question is always if they don't have the ideas or waiting for the right idea. It's not about the idea. If, if you want to do it, the only thing you have to do is look what products and services are out there and find one that you like, but that's not doing it perfectly and just try to do it a little bit better. Because actually the hardest thing to do, okay, you can strike gold if you do it, is to to invent something new, to create a new market, and to create a new line in the budget. That's super, super hard. But if you go in and just do something that someone else does a little bit better, it's good enough. Uh, and you should go up against the big companies because they have structures. They are they're slow. They're super slow. And they don't, they, a lot of them haven't realized that customer support is key the key to everything so so don't waste your time trying to find a perfect idea think about what you think is fun and then find someone who does something like that and just do it a little bit better well Petter Hedborg I think that's a great note to end on uh, super thanks a lot for uh, having me it was, yeah, it was great fun thank you very much for, for coming here and sharing thanks yeah. a lot <laughs>